So, it all boils down to this. Week three, chapter three, how coincidental. Habakkuk is three chapters. There's three weeks of this series. Habakkuk. I've been learning a lot about Habakkuk. And and, um, it's really awesome because... I've gotten the chance to talk to you guys about Habakkuk, but by doing that, I first need to read about Habakkuk. I can't just be like, yeah, Habakkuk. I need to actually read about him. And and I've been reading about this, you know, this guy. He was a minor prophet. You know, he wasn't in the majors. He was just a minor. And, uh, but he was going through something. And I think like a lot of uh, of us are, are like going through it. Maybe not you, but maybe your folks or something. I know for me, you know, sometimes we go through dips, you know, where, where everything starts out right here. Okay, remember for the last two weeks, this is us before Christ, before, you know, this is us BC, before we're saved, before we even know about God, you know. A lot of us have been in the church for a long time. I've been in the church ever since I was a little boy, but I wasn't actually saved until I was like around 12 or whatnot. But I know some people know the exact day and hour and, and you know, second. I'm, I don't know. I know I was like 12. Forgive me for that. But anyway, this is us right here. Boom. There we are. Then we get saved. You know, and then all of a sudden it's just, it's all up from there. Everything is all hunky-dory. And then, then we're right here. Then everything is just awesome. It's like you tell your friends, I can't believe life is so good. Everything is just good, good, good. Awesome, awesome. And then life just kind of happens. Life just kind of goes on. And then all of a sudden we're sitting in church and I'm like, man, that's, this message really isn't for me. This is probably for that guy over there, but it's not for me. You know? And then somebody in your family gets sick. Or maybe you get sick doctors don't know what's wrong or maybe somebody you know breaks up with you and and, you know you just keep kind of going down so chapter one i would look at chapter one and relate it to james one two it says consider it pure joy my brothers when you go through diverse tests and trials you know because habakkuk we're just going to recap real quick he was like look god what's going on he was complaining to god what you're doing doesn't seem fair if you're doing anything at all. See, see he, had a, he had a problem with God. He was like right here. He was like, man, up here, it was awesome. And then we as Christians, we always tend to want to go back. You know, we, we think, yeah, it was awesome there. Everything was great, great, great. Let's just go back. Let's just, let's just go back. You know, but the thing is, you can't go back. Habakkuk 3 Starting in verse 2, it says, Lord, I have heard of your fame, and I stand in awe. Now, this is Habakkuk. Habakkuk is saying this right here. Remember in the second, in the second chapter, God said, look, you're gonna, I'm going to tell you something. You're going to want to write it down. Make sure you write it down. Remember last week's three points? It was, listen, write, and Wait. Wait. See, I did something kind of crazy this week because I've been talking to you guys about this, but I'm like, man, I got to do this myself. So I've been listening and and I've been writing. I actually keep with me like a pad of paper now 
Like I always like, if I'm like, I'm at work or something and I, I feel like the Lord's speaking to me. There's, a, there's another guy from our church that works at the same place. There's actually a couple guys from, our, from my work that works there. But, and we started talking about the Bible and stuff just right in the middle of the work day. And it was awesome. And I, you know, I wrote some stuff down. I'm like, I got my pad of paper. I wrote down. So I was listening. And I wrote. And I wait. Let's just all wait. Okay, anyway, let's move on. Verse 2. I stand in awe of your deeds, O Lord. Renew them in our day. I have heard of your fame. How many have heard of something awesome that God has done? I've heard of your fame, God. I've heard of the good things that you've done. That's what he's saying right here. He's like, look, God. I've heard of all the awesome stuff that you're doing. Then he says, renew them in our day. What does that mean? Basically, do it right now. I've heard of all the good things that you've done. Now do it now. Let's move on. It says, in our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. Now God came from Temon. Everybody say Temon. I'm not really sure if that's how you say it, but let's just call it Temon right now. Everybody say Temon. The Holy One from Mount Paran. But anyway, this was a place that the Israelites went to after they split the after God split the Red Sea. God split the Red Sea, and then there was Tamar. So they, they moved on to a new place. And see, that's what God is trying to say to Habakkuk. That's what God is trying to do with Habakkuk. He's saying, Look, you were on this side of the sea. Now I'm gonna split the sea, and you're gonna go on to a new place. Now, chapter two, which was last week was the season of wait. Just waiting. How many love to wait? It's just fun, isn't it? Just wait. You wait at a red light. You wait for your coffee at Dunkin' Donuts. You wait for this. You, you wait, 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 wait. When everything should be instant, right? We're in this whole, like, instant. Everything's instant. I don't know why I go to Dunkin' Donuts, because I got instant coffee at home. You know, you know instant. Instant pizza. You know, instant. Everything is just instant. So that's why it's so hard for us sometimes to just wait. Take a second. Out of our time. Because what, what does a waiter do? A waiter serves. Have you ever noticed that? I went to a restaurant today, this afternoon. And there was a, a waitress. What did she do? She took my order. She got my food. She didn't actually cook it, but she, she brought it to me. And then at the end of the meal, she gave me the bill with a little, like, fortune cookie. You know? And, and so a, what does a waiter do? See, a lot of us, we think waiting means no action. Waiting is just waiting. Waiting is this. Ready? Ready? One, two, three. I'm going to wait. All right? Ready? Go. A, a, a lot of us think that that is waiting. But see, waiting isn't actually no action. Waiting is what? What did that person do? She, she served. See, Habakkuk. We're going to rewind a little bit. Last week, he was waiting, waiting, waiting. The Lord, the Lord said, you know, just wait, dude. Just chill out and wait. But he says, but the Lord in his holy temple, let all the earth be sad. You know, he said, I'm going to wait, but the Lord. You know, I'm going to wait for the Lord. I'm going to rejoice in the waiting. 
Now chapter 3 is going to be the even though I will chapter, okay? So let's move on. So we're right here. And, and then we kind of go through. Chapter 3 is a point where we find ourselves just kind of on the rise. Because something happened to Habakkuk. He, he, he was right here. He said, God, what's up? <clears throat> chapter 2 was like, ah, he's waiting. And then now chapter 3, he's kind of like right here. He's not out of the dip. You know, it's, it's like with us. We're not out of the dip. You know, we could be even right here and be like, all right, God's going to make stuff better. Because we waited, we listened, we wrote it down and everything. And God spoke to us right here and said, things are going to get better. Things are awesome. Things are going to get really better. And then all of a sudden you just, you start to go down. But there's, there's a, a certain thing that happened to Habakkuk. Because what happened is his faith started to arise. <clears throat> and it happened all because of the dip. Because one thing about the dip, everybody say the dip. The dip is necessary. That means it had to, it has to happen. Or it had to have happened for Habakkuk. Because a lot of us, I know for me, for a long time, you know, things have been kind of rocky, right? Financially or, or spiritually even. And, and, and you just like think like, God, I want to avoid this stage in my life. I don't want to face this. Or like a lot of you guys I've talked to, like having like friend problems. And, and you know, we often think like, God, if I could just avoid this stage in my life, that'd be awesome. You know, it'd be really sweet, God, if I could just skip. You ever seen Click? Where he can just, he has the remote and he can just go on, you know, fast forward. And, but, you know, wouldn't it be nice, you know? But no, but the thing is, the dip was necessary. It was, it was completely necessary. We're going to go to James. James 1, I'm going to be reading from the NIV. Starting in verse 2, it says, Consider it pure joy. Remember pure, what it meant? Completely un, like obliterated it's just pure it's like nothing else in there it's pure okay consider it pure joy my brothers whenever you face trials of many kinds what what is up with this dude are you serious hold on let's read that again maybe i didn't read it right consider it pure joy my brothers whenever you face trials of many kinds how many have ever read this verse in the Bible? Ever. Consider it pure joy. Then he goes on to explain. He says, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. How do you win a race? You have perseverance. You have perseverance. How do you make it to the ninth inning? Perseverance. When the game is tied up and you go into overtime and it's sudden death, how do you win the game? Perseverance. When everything is stacking up against you and you are right here and God said it's going to be awesome, but you're going down, how do you make it? Perseverance. So let's read that again. It says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds, like many kinds, like my girlfriend broke up. My car died, God. God, what's up with that? 
My dog ran away. My cat died. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Then it goes on right here. The key verse in in verse 4 says, Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. See, that started to make some sense for me because I've always heard that verse and we always kind of think of that verse when we're going through trials. It's like in sports, there's always going to be a team that's hard. There's always going to be somebody that's, you know, coming up against you, or, you know, something coming up against you. And, and I've always read this verse when you're going through trials. It almost seems like you have to. Consider it pure joy. And then you kind of laugh to yourself and, ha ha, oh, this is going to be awesome. You know, I don't know about you guys if you've been through anything, but I know for me, you know, you go through stuff. You got like bills stacking up and, and it's, ha ha, consider it pure joy. Hallelujah. And you, you know, you go through these things, but it says, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance and you'll need that perseverance because perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. How many of you just, you got it all figured out. You're all mature. You're just the most mature person. Okay, that's good. I don't see any hands because I know. Anyway, but um, I'm not there either. God's working on me. You know, like that old son of God, student working on me. Okay, you're too young. But anyway, so, you're, so that you will be mature and complete, not lacking anything. How many want to be that person where you're mature, where you're complete, where you're not lacking anything? It doesn't say, look, let's look at it. It doesn't say not lacking spiritual well-being. No, it says anything. It doesn't say not lacking food on the table. No, it says anything. It doesn't say not lacking. It says not lacking anything. So what? The dip is necessary. This is what James 1, 2 is talking about. Consider it pure joy when you go through the dip. You know, when you go home, maybe you cry yourself to sleep because stuff is just not right. It's not fair. Or maybe you you write about it in your journal, you talk about it on your blog or whatever. The dip. Where stuff just isn't fair. Consider it pure joy. Let's move on. Now something else about Habakkuk. I'm going to talk about this real quick. He saw what was around him. Okay? Just like right here in the dip. He saw everything that was stacking up against him. But he chose to look beyond the windshield. And there's something, I like, to, I like to talk about this a lot because God really spoke to me one time while I was driving and literally a big bug came and hit my windshield and I was focusing on that thing and, and I was just focusing right on that bug. And then like my wife would remind me that I needed to stay on the road, but I was focused on that bug. 
But the thing about your windshield is no matter what hits it, what comes up against it, you don't focus on the things that come against it. You focus on your destination, where you're going. You look through. You look beyond the bug. And that's what, that's what Habakkuk was doing right here. He wasn't looking at the bug or, or the dirt or the salt that's coming up from the other cars. He was looking beyond. And so many of us, we get so distracted because we look at the bugs on our windshield. You guys know what I'm talking about? I think you know what I'm talking about. Those bugs on your windshield. You know, what are some of those bugs? You know, different trials or different tests. You focus in right on them. And you'll go off course, you'll go off the road. But Habakkuk was focused. Let's talk about three things tonight. Last week was what again? It was listen, write, and wait. This week, three more things to do while in the dip. Okay? Number one, this is how Habakkuk 3 started off. Remember, you remember the things that God has done. Everybody say that. Remember the things God has done. Has God done anything good in your life? Are you breathing? That's pretty good, isn't it? I know it's good for me because I like all you guys and I like seeing you. That's good. You're breathing. That's good. Remember all the things that God has done. You know what? I remember being at Chili's one time with my wife. And I opened the door for her, and she said some kind of remark about how I'm going to be a great father. And that was like, you know, she's you know, like, you're going to be, a, wow, I'm going to be a daddy. And, and then I remember when, when uh, we had one car, and, and we had, like, I had a job where I needed to go, like, 50 miles down, like, on the coast to do building. And, and we only had one car, but yet she had to go to all these doctor's appointments for the baby. And, and God, I don't know how to do it. I don't know what was going to happen. Then somebody gave me a car. You know, I, I remember when, you know, when I was lost, you know. And, and I, was, I was in a minivan one time. It was my first vehicle ever. And it was a rainy night in Lebanon, Maine. I was going a little bit faster than I should have been. And I took a corner too fast, and, and really we should have rolled the vehicle, but I remember that literally we didn't. And we're safe, and I'm still alive today. Remember. Remember what God has done. Go back to who you know God to be. Who do you know God to be? Who do I know God to be? I know God is the Father who takes care of his children, that wants to see his children flourish and grow up to be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Number two. Oh, I already wrote two. Number two, accept. Accept it. Accept what God is doing. I I believe that God is a God that... For God, nothing is impossible. So it is impossible for God to do nothing. So I think he's always doing something, but that's another message completely. But accept what's going on around you. I remember this one time, uh, the Cavalier, my wife's car, and um, the engine died on it. And, And it was sitting in my garage. And literally, 
I wasn't going to accept it. I wasn't going to. Because when we don't accept, we don't see that God is actually doing something in the midst. Because I was, I was in my garage. I actually did this, guys. I totally actually did this. I got all spiritual, right? I'm like, I'm going to lay hands and pray for my car that it would start again. And, and I, w- I was walking around. I was getting ready. You know, I was like, yes, this is it. I was feeling, I was feeling it. I laid my hands on the car. I was like, in the name of Jesus, you know, when I'm turning the key, it's going to start. And hallelujah. I was having a revival right there in the garage. And then then I turned the key and then it literally sounded like this. It was like, and then I I was like, oh, I just didn't do it right. Lord, I know this is you. Hallelujah. I'm not going to accept failure. And I turned the key. It literally sounded like somebody was strangling somebody in my engine. And then I did it again. I'm like, no, 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 no. I, I, know, I know that this is going to be it. You know, three days and Christ rose and three turns of the keys and then the car is going to, and then, whoa, what? See, the thing I didn't know was behind the scenes, my closest friends and everybody was rallying up for me and man it was amazing it was literally a miracle because people got together and and like literally bought like a new engine for me you need to accept I needed to accept that my car wasn't going to start I heard another story of um, a person with a cat they had like two cats And, and the cat ran away right and there was a bobcat in the area and it would like take out some small mammals and and the cat didn't come back and the little girls were like daddy where's the cat and they're like we're gonna pray that the cat comes back but the father knew that the bobcat had been around the area see sometimes we need to just we need to accept I'm not saying we roll over and play dead but for me I needed to accept that my car wasn't gonna start again because What I didn't know was God was doing something even bigger. Last thing, and I struggle with this so much, is trust. Trust. You guys ever do that trust fall in gym? Where you're like, let's do it right now. Let's, no, just kidding. But you, you just, man, I hated that because I don't trust nobody. I don't trust the person in front of me when they put the blinker on or the, you know, it's, I, I don't, when people are coming at me with their blinker on and, and like, I wait for them to start turning before I actually go because I don't trust that blinker. You know, I, how many times have I been in the vehicle and I've been just like driving along and like click the blinker on I'm like, why did I do that? I don't, I don't even know what I'm doing, but no, but I, I don't trust nobody, but trust. God says, look, remember Go back to where you know me to be God, where I am the Lord, your God, not the Lord, a God or the Lord, the God, but I'm the Lord, your God. Then he says, accept what's going on, accept what I'm doing. And then he says, trust what I'm about to do or what I'm going to do. Greg, uh, Craig Groeschel, he says this, he says, I've known God to be faithful with all my yesterdays to be able to trust him with all my tomorrows. Think about that. I've known God to be faithful with all my yesterdays. So I will trust him with all my tomorrows. Because you first remember. Remember, oh yeah, God. 
I remember that time. I remember that. So I trust you. Let's go to Habakkuk 3, verses 17 through 19. It says, Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, he says in verse 18, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful and God my Savior. You know what that says to me? Even though the economy is crap and lack of pretty words or whatever, even though the economy just plain right out stinks. Verse 18, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. Yet the disease looks like it's getting worse and it looks like they're going to die. You know, they just don't seem to be getting better. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. Even though my bills are stacking up and I literally don't know how we're going to get through the week and, and, and I, just, I just don't know what's going to happen, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. See, look beyond the bug on the windshield. If you're looking at the bug in the windshield, you can't, be, you can't rejoice because you're just focused on that stinky little bug. I'm talking in this case, man, it was like a golf ball size moth. It was, just, it was huge. It was guts everywhere. And I was focused on that thing. But no, get your eyes off of that. I'm talking the windshield was, the windshields wouldn't even take it, the windshield wipers wouldn't even take it off. No, don't look at it. Just don't. Don't look at it. Accept that it's there. Don't look at it because the rain's going to come and God's going to wash it off anyway. But just look beyond it. Move on. Though the fig tree doesn't bear any fruit, the olive crop fails, uh, the fields produce no food, yet I will rejoice. There's no sheep in the pen, there's no cattle in the, in the barn, yet I will rejoice. Because one thing about the dip, God can do more spiritually here than he can here. Because when we're up here, or when we're up here, everything is great anyway. But when we're down here, we're really relying on God. And that's when God can really refine us. So the last verse, which is the key, absolutely key verse for this whole series the sovereign Lord, in verse 19, the sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. Right here, this is it right here. He enables me to go on the heights. When you're mountain climbing, you start at the bottom. That's just how it works. You start at the bottom. Right? Yeah, you got to. And then one step at a time, one, you know, carabiner at the time, one, you, you, you know, you're, you're ripping almost the flesh off your fingers to get up that mountain, but it, it's just one at a time. It says, he enables me to go on the heights. He does. Remember what Habakkuk means? Habakkuk means to 
embrace. Everybody's eyes closed, head bowed. But there's some people here tonight that you need to embrace God. Remember, we read about in the Bible where, you know, the, the man, he, he embraced God. You know, he wrestled with the angel of the Lord and he just wouldn't let go until, he, you know, he said, Lord, I won't let go until you bless me. Some of us, that's what we need to say tonight. We need to be like, look, God, I'm going to hold on to you with everything that I have because you enable me to go on the hikes. Lord, we remember how it was back on the mountaintop and now we're in the dip. But Lord, you enable me to go even higher than that was. Lord, you enable us to to go beyond the tiny bug on the windshield. 